Hey guys, it's Keith. And this is Jesse. And this is New Player as Joy. A podcast about the video games people love and why they love them. And today we're um we're going back. We're a cat and we love boxes. Yeah, we're okay. But yes. we but we show up in water, so we're not we're not totally like this. Cats. This is my favorite thing that Keith's gonna and do all day. And and a, no, and we're Danny DeVito. That's that, all you need to know. Man, that is I nailed it. You are not gonna get most of those references until you listen to the episode, and you're probably not gonna get one of those even if you listen to the episode. <laughs> Guys, today Keith and I are going back because we just wanted to do an episode about Metal Gear Solid. It's been long enough. We love the game. We want to dive back into it. It's a classic. We're toying around with the name of the segment. We were thinking inside the Disney vault with new players <laughs> joins, and we're going to see how long it takes them to sue I, us. I am not putting that on Instagram. That's how, fine. How about, how about, uh, how about, uh, God, I can't even think of anything creative. Right? 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 We're, we're the opposite of Hideo Kojima the right now. good episode. The but g- you don't want to put that out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to put That's out. That's all I want to put out. It's the bad ones that I'm ashamed of. But guys, sit back, relax, and let's just talk about one of the craziest, phenomenal, most amazing games we've ever played. It's fucking insane. It's wonderful. We hope you love it. And if you haven't played it, oh my God, you are in for a treat. Get down, get with it. This is New Player Has Joy. New elements to the show. It's happening. It's happening. We're moving on up to the Burbank side. I'm doing it. (laughs) That made you laugh. (laughs) Hey. Hey. Jesse, what's up? (laughs) What's going on? What's going on, everybody? Hey, Aristotle. Same old, same old, same old stuff. Today's is a very special episode. Today is, uh, whenever somebody says that, it makes it seem like it's going to be an after-school special about drug use. How did Conan and and Carson lie so many times? We got a special episode for you This is number 20,000. We got got an episode that's unlike anything you've ever seen. Some guy who plays opposite George Clooney in this movie is going (laughs) to talk about the weird thing George Clooney did on set. Well, that's always just like uh, Johnny Carson comes out and is like, we got a very special episode. We got Frank Sinatra. Yeah. Again. Again. We got Don Rickles. Again. Again. We got Dean Martin. Again. Again. Uh, Don't worry, gang. Drive-by truckers are here. (laughs) They'll be playing that song, you remember. And then I'll pretend like I've been a fan of them this entire time. But guys, today, uh, very special episode. But it is. It is a it special is. episode. You guys, we've we've been doing this podcast for over a year. At least eight years. At now. least eight twenty thousand years. years now. We don't die. That's <laughs> way more interesting of a podcast to talk about. But guys, games. One, um, one day you'll listen. You'll uh, tune in to listen to New Player is Immortal. <laughs> but until then. <laughs> We've just been talking about games for a year games. and a half. But guys, we want to talk about games that we don't get to, because uh, sometimes uh, we realize there are lots of games that we want to talk about. So many. So and, many. You know, we're always at the behest of the guest. Wow, that was... I dropped a little dropped a little around there, but no, 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 I liked it. Nice. And, uh, you know, some games that we don't want to talk about. Doom. Never. We're never <laughs> going to talk about Doom. Ever. It's never happening. We refuse to talk about Doom. But there are games that we always want to talk about that guests uh, seem to not bring up. And today we have decided... That Keith and I are going to sit down and talk about one of our favorite games of all time. This is the game I want to play right now. It is. This is. I don't want to play any other game. This but, is what I want to play until I'm waiting for the yeah, new games. But there's on. really no platform to sit down and play it on. But this you, was this game blew my mind to shreds. And fifty dollars on eBay. 
150 on eBay? On eBay to play this game, to go get it. Jesus. I, mean, I just, just want to play. It's right? just the game. It's not even the console. I don't want to play an emulator. I want to get the CD. Yeah. I want to get the disc. The CDs, plural. Oh, CDs. man. CDs. Oh, baby. The whole thing. Guys, today we are finally talking about Metal Gear Solid. Solid. PlayStation 1. PlayStation 1 cla- Instant. PlayStation 1 Classic. Plastic. Plastic. It's a classic game. It's a plastic, classic game. The Konami masterpiece. It is bonkers. If you have never played Metal Gear Solid, here's where we're at. So you you and I brought this up. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me know if you know this. Or if you experienced this first time you saw this game was on a demo. Yes. That was the first time yes. you saw the same here. Yeah. Now, we both played this demo. Now, this was Non-stop. like a game where it was like the intro of like, what is going on? You're yeah. some soldier underwater in yep. a submarine. Where are we? What is going it, on? It is literally like the smallest demo ever. And there was so much that you could do. Because you remember how far you had to get in the demo? You Basically, you start downstairs in a basement. They uh-huh. don't really explain to you how to do no anything. anything. It's bird's eye view, so you're right above. You can't really see anything, but there's yep. also a first-person point of view yes. to it, so you can see and look around, yeah. which I had never experienced in a game at no. that point. It was the first time you could change perspective for me without just like having a shitty camera that you could move around your character. And this was a game that was just kind of like, yeah, it's another action game. Okay, so I want to run through just the quick do synopsis it. of this game. Do do it, do very, it, do very do basic. It, Metal it. Gear Solid. Okay, before you... I'm sorry. God I damn know, I keep interrupting. <laughs> I keep interrupting this is the simplest form of metal gear solid out there there's this is as easy this is as as basic as information as you can carry i'm not even really gonna get to the plot too much the plot that you know of when you start the game it is a tactical stealth espionage game you star as a character uh his name is solid snake and he is dropped off behind enemy lines in this base in deep deep arctic alaska to stop the production of this new tank-like weapon called Metal Gear that can launch nuclear warheads anywhere in the world. It's basically a Gundam. It's Yeah, it is. It's just a Gundam. It's a giant if, Gundam. If anything's scary and it's Japanese and they're like, we got a giant robot, it's, it's just a, a Gundam. Gundam. It's, it's just a, a giant humanoid if, robot. If Godzilla gets a prosthetic arm, he's a Gundam. It's That's absolutely a Gundam. It it's like they got this great idea. It's a giant soldier has a giant sword. That's their idea. Gundam. That's a Gundam. Gundam. Okay, cool. So you are Solid Snake fighting this Gundam, sneaking through the base. It is stealthy as fuck. And it's telecom. You are constantly interacting with uh, people at another base yep. the whole game. So you have yeah. different frequencies and how you can interact with them. And you have to have numbers. You have to remember those code yes. numbers to call them. Yes. This game does not hold your hand. No, it does not. It goes play the game. And if you don't want to play it anymore, that's bad on you. Yep. That's what You've made game, the wrong You've call. made the wrong choice. So let's go. Oh, we, we played the, the demo, and the demo blew our minds. Yes. Do you remember the day you got the game? No, because I borrowed it. It was okay. one of those games where it was like, my parents wouldn't buy I think it was rated M for Mature at it the time. It might have been. Um, where my parents weren't going to buy that for me for PlayStation 1. I think the most violent game I played on PlayStation 1 was might have been Grand Theft Auto, the first one. Yeah. Um, but then, like, Siphon Filter? <laughs> Siphon Filter. Again, I know I bring this up anytime somebody says Siphon Filter. You could hold a taser on men until they, until they, bl- until they burst into Ent- flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That game was <laughs> very fun. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this game, uh, one of the fool- uh, 
this is how you know it's going to be a great PlayStation game mm-hmm. if it's more than one disc. Yes. That's how you always know. That means they have a lot of resources, yep. and they're absolutely certain that this game is going to have a long playability and replayability Final value. Fantasy Seven and Eight, Nine, Metal Gear Solid, Nine. What else? What else? Did had 10 more? have two discs, or was that just one? That was PlayStation 2. Yeah, but that was just one disc. I believe it. Yeah, just one disc. That's how big Final Fantasy Seven Remake's going to be, that it's actually two Blu-ray discs. Yeah, that's I don't. never heard of. That's the whole thing. That's all their conversation. Okay, so the first time I actually got Metal Gear. Yes, take us through. Uh, this is I'm I'm young when this game comes out. I am. Thank you. Th- I'm I'm if like. If you were very old, you'd have so many more explanations for what's guys, going on. Uh, new player is immortal. We all know this. Just, just I've on, been old forever. I was born old. I'm and then Tom I Cruise. Immortal. He's Brad Pitt. We fight every century about how <laughs> upset he is that he's a vampire now. But we're both good looking. So what the de- what's relax? Continue. I uh, sure. <laughs> so I got this game. <laughs> Aristotle just nodding along. <laughs> I got this game uh, for Christmas when I was yeah. a kid, and this was the height of me having anxiety wait, and wait, depression. Wait, wait. Who you pitched this to your parents? Oh yeah, you want this game? Oh absolutely, got it. Because I played the demo. You played the demo, I and you're like, "This, this is the game. game." Was it one game? Do you get a couple games for Christmas? What's the thing? I usually get a couple games for Christmas. Oh, and I those, like this. Those are my gifts, and so this is like, oh god, this might have been a big year. This might have been like you get a Crash Bandicoot and. Uh, and you'll get the Metal Gear Solid. Like, PlayStation 1 was crushing it in so, my house. So what happened to me for my systems is I went from N64 to PlayStation. Yeah. So, so you went from kid happy fun time to, to taser to, fire. Well, that's what happened to me. Is I was like, oh, man, I love GoldenEye. And, oh, man, I love Mario and Zelda yeah. and all this stuff. And then I was like, what's Siphon Filter? Yeah. Like, what's Metal Gear Solid? I was like, oh, these are the games I, like, really, really want to play. Mario's like, a turtle took your girlfriend. No, but- and then all of PlayStation 1 is like, eco-terrorists have found this bacteria that will kill all of the world. <laughs> but honestly, the thing that really pulled me into playing a PlayStation, and it goes back to me playing a hockey guy, the hockey game on PlayStation was infinitely better than the N64 version. Blitz. What? Was it Blitz? No, uh, NHL hit, sorry. Uh, on N64 was just a bad game where you yeah. could literally score goals from the other end by taking a wrist shot on, <laughs> on Expert, and it would go in like every single time, that sort of thing. It sounds like a game so, I like, love. So the fact that they're like, hey, you can play this game on PlayStation, it's way more hits, it's like hockey, it's way more, in, but I want to play like Smash Brothers on N64, right. so there was like a little bit of like, what do, back I, and forth. what do I want to do here? Right. No, when I first got this game, because the first thing that happens is you like you're kind of in the basement of uh, of this. It's like this little dock there. There's have. like two or three enemies, yep. and it's basically where you learn like, what do I do if I press X? Oh, I yep. kneel down. If I press it again, oh, I'm laying down. Like, what is going yeah, on? It's the you learn that you can incapacitate an enemy, or you could break their neck. Yeah. Um. And then you can like go against walls, and you press circle, and you're like, why am I not? What's a knocking sound? Yeah. They you can, can hear tap you. on the wall, and yes. you'll, you'll see them hear it, and then walk around. This game is so funny because. It is so violent at the beginning. Yes. But it's also so not violent because of the PlayStation limitations. Do you remember the sound of breaking somebody's neck? It's just like, ugh. And like, that's it's, it? You literally just keep tapping the choke button. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Until they uh, go crack. <laughs> it is so non-threatening, but you're like, yeah, I murdered an adult man just then. So at the beginning of the game, um, it's like, okay, I'm like this cool soldier. It feels like Escape from L.A., like your snake Plissken. Like that's really what it's like. It's always a guy who's just like, hey, I'm basically Batman, but I'm not Batman, but I am he Batman. Is ba- Solid it's Batman. Snake is Batman. It's basically Batman. It's Kiefer Sutherland. That's legit. That was like the greatest games, choice. Yeah. It's, it's Kiefer Sutherland. So the game starts off with like, you're this soldier and you're going to infiltrate this base, but you're looking for these people. And it's kind of like, okay, so you kind of get a gist of it. It doesn't, to realize later on, like there's like a mystical, weird magic. There's so like, much. There's so much Keith, into it. Keith. 
What? Before we even get there, what? I still get haven't told what? you the thing that happened. What's the thing that when happened? When I got this game, I was an anxious, depressed little kid, yeah. and it was on Christmas, and I was like, oh, i got to show my brothers this game. Yeah. And then at the very beginning, I don't know why. Yeah. No, I do know why. And this is very silly. At the beginning of this game, there's a scene where you get to the elevator, and you just see the elevator lowering slowly yes. in the cinematic. And I freaked out, and I turned off the game and the television because I thought... And keep in mind that I had just recently watched the original Mission Impossible movie with Emilio Estevez. Oh, yeah. That my character was about to get smashed by an elevator, and I was going to watch a gruesome death scene, and, and then the game the shit ended. Yeah. So, so my you whole turn family, the game off. My whole family watched me be like, this game's amazing, and then freak out, jump up, and turn the console off and the television, and then just be like, it's fine, I'll did play you, it later. Did you play it later? Were yeah, they all like, I whatever? I did. I remember my brother John... Months later, being like, "Yeah, man, what was that about?" <laughs> real supportive, real helpful. Uh, no, yeah, I saw Siphon Filter, and I was like, "I want to set them all on fire." Yeah, um, but yeah, this game has it because it starts off. It's like it's an uh, it's a stealth game. You're with the military. It's just like straightforward. It and then is it gets weird as fuck. a great video game. Mm-hmm. Through and through, like I don't know how else to compliment it. I like I can go through other video games and be like, man, the story was great, the gameplay was great. I was like, this game, through and through, was an amazing video. Well, game. it uses it was everything a, of the medium, right? medium of just being meta, yep. messing with your console, yep. messing with you, the player. Yeah, the fact that you're not expecting any of this, and then when I start the game, it just feels like a regular stealth fun yeah. game. And I'm like, no, I'm experiencing something different than other video games. There, there is a moment in this game because you're on your codec the entire time, and you're talking to people. Uh, you're like your allies and everybody back at the base, and you are fine. They're giving you hints about how to beat certain elements. They're telling you how weapons work, how, yeah. to, how to get around and stuff like that. There's like. The fact that you have cigarettes and you can smoke them to see infrared uh, rays just in case you need to avoid them is amazing. But the first thing that happens in this game to me that blows my mind apart is when you are trying to contact somebody on your codec and you don't know their code. And when you contact Campbell, who is your closest advisor, he tells you it's on the back of the CD. And you have a CD in your inventory. And so I was looking at this for hours and hours and hours trying to figure out what it was. And then I picked up the actual Metal Gear Solid game cartridge. Yeah. Looked on the back. And there's a picture of you talking to the person you need to talk to with their code yes. pictured. They're telling you to go look at the video game cover. And I lost my shit. Yeah, man. I'm still losing my that shit. That you're like, how any other game could compete with this? It was crazy. How do you play Medieval and then this? <laughs> You know what I mean? How do you play any other game? That's what I'm talking about. It's like this game through and through is an amazing video. It's an game. incredible experience. Do you guys get why we were like, I hate this. We should just go talk about Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> I hate waiting. No, I don't want to talk about Breath of the Wild again. I want to talk about Metal Gear Solid. This is such an impressive game. Not just because it has all these elements, but it rolls them out evenly. Yes. And it lets you get used to the controls while thinking it's just a normal game. Then it gets used it gets you used to thinking about uh the the ramifications of being caught and the countdown everybody searching for you and it get makes you get used to like like hiding in a box that's the biggest okay. fucking so, thing so yeah like okay so we there are very many comical points in yes. this game yes there's a lot of weird this is when we talk about Hideo Kojima because Hideo Kojima this was his first real like he made other games but I mean he made Metal Gear but, one and two for the Nintendo but this was his first like this put Hideo on the map yes as, like it did. this amazing gaming genius developer. Yeah. Um, and 
he was like, the we want to connect what he's doing with Death Stranding, why I'm so excited for Death Stranding. He's like, I want to make the gamer and the game connect. I yes. want them to be one entity, yeah. basically. How can I make it be so much fun for them? Yeah. So there's so many points in the game where you literally are like, you need to switch your controller over to the second controller yeah. because it can read your mind. There's, oh there's so many things like that, or even matter. There's a torture point where you get caught, and they say to you, hey... If you don't listen to us, we are going to send you to the beginning of the game. Yeah. We don't care how many save points you have. We don't care what you've done up to this point. We'll send you right back. We will send you right back to the beginning of the game if you don't listen to what we have to that say. That was so stressful the, that f- the first stress- time I played it. I was just like, I didn't know if it was a trap or not. Yeah. It's the first time ever that I'm like, you're going to take hours and hours and hours of my time. Yeah. And we're not even talking about even to the point of the sniper, of how no. stressful that is, and yeah. what Snake even says in that situation yeah. of just like, what the hell is going on, basically? No, the, okay. There's so much to this game. There's I was almost so like, much. does there need to be a part two? That's there my, might. There let's might find need out. to Guys, be. let's find out. Well, let's find out. <laughs> here's here's my thing, and this is, the to me, the defining feature of a Metal Gear game Do it. is the bosses. Okay. Are the bosses. The defining feature is, I'm going to stick with that grammar. They're like superheroes. All the bosses. Okay, so... This is a stealth game that happens to be a Mega Man game. Yes. Because every boss is in, is incredibly different. You have to learn a, a different way to kill yep, them. Has a different set of skills. You fight the bosses in Metal Gear Solid twice each, with the exception of Psycho Mantis. I yeah. Think. And they're so they're all so interesting. And they're they they do so much work to give them a backstory and like a farewell after you defeat them, it's all so The world building. Mm -hmm. The world building is so impressive to make it seem like, oh, this is realistic, we're dealing with something like the new Metal Gear of like, they go to Afghanistan, it's like that sort of situation where it's like, but there's also those mystical of like, what is going on elements to it. And the first mystical, I think the first mystical thing that happens in Metal Gear Solid is that you see Psycho Mantis uh, just in like a flash when you're looking at the elevator when Meryl's running away. Which by the way is also the first instance of Highly sexualized female characters. Oh, we will get to which it. Which is the Hideo Kojima thing. Yes. But it's like those two things happen back to back, and you're playing a normal game up until this point, and then they just close up on some woman's butt as she runs, and then you just see this floating dude in a gas mask. And you're like, okay, I think I had this game wrong. I think maybe I didn't have the full sense of what it was. <laughs> it's so intense. But the bosses in these games completely make them for me. And the one that everybody... Uh, like, listen, Vulcan Raven's great. Sniper Wolf is great. Just getting to Sniper Wolf. Yeah. Just even even trying to get to that battle know, is a whole thing. But Psycho Mantis is like, that's that's a two or three day battle where yeah. you keep going and you keep going and then you go to school <laughs> and you're like, I'm playing Metal Gear Solid. I'm up to Psycho Mantis. And they're like, oh, dude, you got to just change the controller over to the second yeah. controller. And you're like... You literally, with every boss fight in this game, you can call up Campbell, you can call up uh, Mei Ling, you can call up, there's so many characters who will tell you, like, you should do this, you should do this, maybe try this. And it wasn't a bullshit response, like, that, them hinting, I can read your mind, like, figure out a way so he can't read what you're gonna do Do is, like, genius. Do you remember what Psycho Mantis does as a character before you even get to that point? When he's doing his little intro? Like, he keeps messing with you. He The first thing he'll do is he'll uh, he'll be like, hey, put down your controller, I'll, I'll make it move. And he starts making the controller vibrate with the rumble pack, yeah. which blew my mind again. Right. And then he starts reading your save files. Right. And if you didn't save a lot leading up to it, oh, he'll be like, like you're I a see. very reckless person, ah. you don't save often. Or you're a meticulous person, you save a lot. He can read other games. So he'll be like, you like Crash Bandicoot. 
You, so much. Guys, Medieval's such a better game through and through. I don't know what you're talking Listen, about. Listen, I like Medieval. Medieval's a great game. And then, um, and then he mind controls Meryl into maybe attacking you or maybe attacking herself, but also into hitting on you. Again, hyper-sexualized. Meryl's like basically coming up to your character being like, I want you inside me. And then you have to knock her out and be like, okay, now, now, bro, that was not cool. We have to fight. Yeah, that 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 game, this this game was threw me for a loop. And I think this is probably a good time to jump into our first game. Oh yeah, because Jesse, I thought about a couple different games for you. Sure you did. Um, the game I thought about that I really wanted to do, but uh-huh. I realized it was just too visual. Was uh, <laughs> girl butt or guy butt? And uh, I was going to show you a bunch of butts. And uh, the joke was that they're all just going to be guy butts. Yeah. Um, Very Hideo Kojima. Video Hideo Kojima. Um, and then the other one I thought about was asking you to solve a puzzle. Okay. But then I was going to interrupt you on your phone and constantly ask you some questions about what's going on with you while hoping you figure <laughs> out what the puzzle is. Very um, good Kodak reference. And then I realized, you know what I like the most? And what, what I you- think Jesse likes to talk about the most. What's that? He's a very knowledgeable person. Oh, you know I, a lot of things. I hate when you do this. You know, <laughs> I you, hate when you do this. You're very good at knowing things about Boston. Oh, <laughs> so I came up with a game called. So you think you know Alaska, huh? <laughs> Where I'm going to ask you questions specifically about Alaska. Why? And you have to let me know if these are the right answers. Do you know a lot about Alaska? No. Perfect. This what? is going to be great. This game takes this game place takes in deep, deep Alaska. In, in Shadow Moses in Alaska, <laughs> which is a fictional place. This game takes place in Nowheresville. It's still Alaska. You're going to ask me about Alaska? Question one, what is Alaska's second largest city? It's either Juneau or Anchorage. Um, <laughs> There's a third one. Did I miss it? That wasn't it? It wasn't one of those two? Can you name a third town in Alaska? Dutch Harbor. (laughs) Fairbanks. Sure. (laughs) Sure. Okay, you could have said anything. You could have said dingle poop, and I would have been like, yeah, I can't disprove that. Question two, in what year did Alaska become a state? 1952. 1867. What? We bought it for how much money? Two million. Two cents an acre. That doesn't that could be two million. <laughs> <laughs> Question three. In what year did Benny Benenson decide the state uh design the state flag? Wait, okay, wait. Wait. <laughs> it became a state in the, <laughs> We bought it in the nineteen fifties, didn't we? Am I so off on this? (laughs) Am I a hundred years wrong? Aristotle's checking it out. Uh, He designed the flag in 1876. 1926. I was so close. It had a six in it. I assume that means that we bought it in 1867. We didn't make a state till 1926. I can't believe you were, like... How old was he? It's... uh, He was 58. He was 13. Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. This is like if we did a Zelda episode and you started asking me questions about birch trees because you saw one in Breath of the Wild. I looked up so many butts and ended (laughs) up on this. Oh, God. Aristotle, are you finding anything over there? Aristotle is nodding. What'd you find? United States purchased Alaska from Russia in 1867. God damn it. When did it become a state? For two cents an acre. Do not answer that question. It's Aristotle. You have to answer that question. 
It was for seven point two million. Man, I was way off. You were very close. <laughs> uh, Benny Benison designed a safe flag in nineteen twenty-six. He was only thirteen, something. and he died at the age of fourteen. Did you know that? I did not. Obviously, know. I did. You could, obviously I, I didn't knew that. Keith. No, you could die from an uncreative name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really stick it to that dead fourteen-year-old boy. Thirteen. Uh, what is the name for Alaska's most northern city? This makes sense. Uh, so it's got North in the title. Here's the thing about you and us, is we know so many jokes and so much interesting facts about yeah. every state except but not Alaska. Alaska. I literally told somebody, I was like, where are you from? And she said Alaska. And I was like, oh man, I got nothing to say to you right now. I don't know what, I don't know how to interact with you. That's I'm like, I gotta give you something. Northtown. It's called Barrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know why that makes sense. <laughs> Number five. How <laughs> many rivers? Like how many questions. rivers does Alaska have? Oh, seven hundred. Over three thousand. Oh my god. <laughs> Aristotle just shook his head like, "Holy fuck, that's a lot of water." Uh, what is Alaska's state mineral? <laughs> Fucking hell. Mineral? Yes. I don't even. Know. I picked these because they were interesting, and I assumed you might have a shot at them. Uh, diamonds. Gold, really, really clear. Yeah, nobody wants to go to Alaska. They got gold. <laughs> they got, they got oil. <laughs> uh, next question: What is Alaska's official state report? Uh, official state sport. I was like, I don't understand. There's, there are states. Book. I mean, is it hockey? Is it speed skating? Is is dog racing? Yes! Dog sledding. Dog sledding. The Iditarod. The Iditarod. <laughs> I knew that. It's I... called dog mushing, which just sounds disgusting. It does. It it's, sounds horrifying it sounds, and disgusting. It, it sounds like forcing two dogs to kiss. <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh, I, what is Alaska most famous for? That's subjective. <laughs> this was the first thing that popped up um, over and over again. The deadliest catch. <laughs> Basically. Crap fishing. Salmon. Salmon. <laughs> The fuck? Uh, over 180 species migrate to Alaska to feed, rest, or mate. How many continents do they come from? Oh, um, does it count if they're going from North America to Alaska? I'm gonna say Asia. I'm gonna say South America. I'm gonna say North America. I'm gonna say Australia. Correct. Four. Yeah! <laughs> this is man. So you think you know Alaska, huh? Uh, it's time for my first game. It's what? called Fuck You, Keith. <laughs> Oh my! Statehood answer, by the way. When is it? What is it? it? 1926. Alaska was officially proclaimed a state on January 3rd, 1959. 1959. 1959. It was closer. It was closer. It was in the 50s. Yeah, it was. It was a while Alaska, ago. Alaska, then Hawaii. Man. Yeah. It took a long time. Do you think Russia regrets not owning Alaska at this I point? I think Russia regrets not owning America. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Judging yeah. by their uh, by their current. Their current activity. Yeah, I was realizing because this game takes place in Alaska. I know nothing about Alaska. Yeah, it's I knew crazy. nothing. Doc Brown Bear, fan of ours. He's from Alaska. That's true. He's from Doc Alaska. So he would appreciate that. There are Alaska there. fans that would appreciate yeah. that. This um, 
let us know what we missed out on. They, they do a really good job of using the setting of this place because it is a tundra, and you know you were inside, and you can still see your breath in most of the places. And it's yeah, it's like the it Yukon. Feels, it's just yeah, like the scariest. It feels cold and desolate, and it's great because you're like, there's some Russian vibe to it because I even think the first thing is like, there's a helicopter behind. I the think it's Russian. It's Russian made. Yeah, That's correct. Yeah. So here's the thing that we haven't mentioned about this game. The boss of the game is Liquid Snake, your twin brother. And by the end of this game, we get to find out that there's this whole huge backstory where you were a genetic experiment to create a super soldier based off of your father known as Big Boss, very creative name, and you and your twin brother are different sides of the same coin, and one of you is supposed to be genetically inferior, the, the other genetically superior. So you're Danny DeVito, and you got to fight Arnold Schwarzenegger. Basically. That's really basically. what this game is. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, and then it turns out that your character is just a vessel to carry a disease to kill all the people on the base. You're carrying fox die. Like, this game goes so There's a lot of turns. There's a lot of turns. There's a lot of turns. So that's why the fact that they're up to Metal Gear 5 is like, what is going on? Because every single game was like 12 turns. It's so, so fucking crazy. And there's a character in this game that we haven't talked about, but has one of the most intense reveals I've ever seen in a video game. Yeah. Gray Fox. Yes. The ninja. Yeah. The cyborg ninja. That you can't tell. You're like, is this a good guy or a bad guy? I don't know what the deal is. You literally, you open a door. That boss was hard to kill. Yeah. Fight. Yeah, he was. You open a door, and then this room is just filled with corpses that have been sliced open. And then you just see this guy crawl out, this soldier who, you know, in any other format, he wants to kill you, and he's begging for help. And then he just gets stabbed with nothing. And then a ninja appears and walks into the next room, and that's fucking it. I he he doesn't have to be invi- I mean, something about a ninja being invisible. Device. I'm just it's like very I'm like that's very over the top. <laughs> Aren't you just supposed to be in the shadows or yeah. something like that? Ninjas can't be seen, but what if they can't be? I mean, seen you don't as well. <laughs> you don't have to be a ninja at that point. You can be my neighbor Bob and yeah. just have a sword. You're it's invisible. It's redundant. It doesn't matter at that point. But there's so much going on. You you learn about Solid Snake's background. Then we've got the Otacon Merrill thing, it, these two huge relationships that build throughout the game. It takes you through a whirlwind because you literally are Batman, and it's like yeah. Batman has no control or has any idea what's yeah. going on, basically. This is when we talk about a game like Skyrim or Fallout 4 where we're like, if we're just doing the same thing over yeah. and over again. Metal Gear Solid has the same controls the entire game, but it feels like everything is a new game every time. For example, you're in the elevator and the the warning for the for the maximum weight goes off. You're like, that's strange. And then Otacon's like, oh my God, there are four missing uh, cloaking units. You're in the elevator with four guys trying to kill you. You have to fight all four of them when they're all cloaked. That's nuts. That's just a little set piece that comes out of they're nowhere. They're just like, figure it out here. Yeah. Every boss is is different. You know, like, we haven't even talked about Sniper Wolf and what happens leading up to that. So, so like, the game gets weird to a point where they're like, you need to look for a girl butt. Yes. And that was what yes. I brought up before. Is like, is this a girl butt or a guy butt? That's literally what they literally tell you to what do. Literally what they do is they have to go look for a soldier who with shakes a girl butt. their hips when they walk, and that'll be the woman. <laughs> Which is hard to <laughs> find because the game's like thir- bird's eye view. Yeah. So you can't really see anyone. So you've got to sneak around so you're peering const- out out of a box at people's butts. So you're constantly going up to like dudes being like, uh, hey, what's going on? And they like shoot you, and you have yeah. to like run into the bathroom and then run back out. Can I can I tell you the awful thing that I did? Do it. I would run up behind them and punch them in the back of the head, 
And if I heard, ugh, I'd be like, not the guy. And I'd run ah. away. And one time it was punched and it was, ah. And I was like, that's her. <laughs> so I'm just punching people. I pictured you being anxious. You're like, oh, I got to make sure. And yeah. Punch her again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a silly, it was so, like, just the fact that it's like stare at their butts and see how they walk is like, this is so stupid. So what happens is, um, it. You and Meryl are walking down this long corridor, mm-hmm. and Meryl gets shot. She does. And you find out that Meryl is the daughter of your boss. Yes. So this whole thing is going on where you're clearly in love with this woman. Yep. There's clearly a romantic story going on, and she gets shot Yeah. right in front of you. And used as bait by a sniper. And so Meryl is bleeding out, mm-hmm. and they're like, you need to go get a sniper rifle. And you're like, well, where is one? They're like, well, all the way at the beginning of the game, yeah. basically. You have to backtrack the whole And then they're like, game. you also need to get pills for the sniper rifle yep. because you're not going to be able to be calm enough Diazepam. to shoot that. You need a muscle relaxer. So the whole time is like you spending an hour to two hours or whatever the time it was to go find this stuff because the person you're in love with is dying. Yes. <laughs> it's stressful. It's a very stressful, very intense. It's so fucking good. I can't even begin to describe like just how different it is than anything I played up until this point. It, I don't know. They're, everything, The whole game feels like a long set piece. Well, I guess this goes into why you and I are like, well, we get upset. Like, why Assassin's Creed is the same? That's the same. This is the same. And then I'm playing games like, why Final Fantasy VII feels so much different than Metal Gear Solid? Yeah. Like, why do all these other games that I play feel different? Even Vagrant Story and all these other things, just like they feel different. I'd want to play something different. I feel like, oh man, a lot of thought went into this. So that's why I get so excited for like Death Stranding and all these games where I'm like, it's going to be different. I got to ask, did you save Otacon or Meryl the first time? Uh, Meryl. Oh, so you, you survived the torture? Yeah. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. It's a hard one. It sucks. It's hard. It sucks. It's really difficult. <laughs> it... Oh my so gosh! There's so I much. can't wait to do an Alaska trivia. What if I did? That'd been good. No, because you were like, we might end up doing the same one, and I'm like, you're also doing a butts thing. Um, well, you're not wrong. I was right because Keith, if there's one thing Hideo Kojima does, it is weirdly oversexualized <laughs> every single character. Okay, here we and go. And so now it's Thank time for God. a game I call Name This Imaginary Metal Gear Boss that I 100% made up, but also it's like, yeah, this is definitely going to be a Metal Gear Boss in a future game. I will describe to you the Metal Gear boss. Okay. How they come about, how okay. you see them for the first time, and then you need to tell me what this boss's name is. Because we've got people like Sniper Sniper Wolf, okay. Psycho Mantis, okay. uh, Revolver Ocelot. Okay. We got to name all these guys. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right? all right? You ready? Yes. This is your first Metal Gear boss. Let's do it. You come to a clearing in the jungle and find yourself overlooking a giant chasm with a raging river at least 100 feet below. A rickety ladder sways in the breeze and leads into the other side. As you go to step out onto the questionable structure, a giant pelican beak spanning the entire chasm crashes down, destroying the ladder. It slowly opens to reveal a sultry man in thigh-high boots, a speedo, and a surgical mask who is wielding two whips with swords at the end. As he exits the beak, you see it retract, and then a giant mechanical pelican takes flight behind him. He opens his mouth and says, Birds of a feather, then coyishly laughs. 
What is this boss's name? Uh, wrong way, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> wrong way. What were you thinking? Um, it's Bruce. It's Bruce. <laughs> I was thinking like Ned, something simple. Wrong way. Oh, for one. Okay. Oh, for one, Keith. Okay, so it's you. I have to think of the name you were thinking Correct. of. Correct. Got it. Correct. Okay. I am so okay. I get this. Number two. While sneaking through the sewers in an attempt to stealthily locate Otacon's 58-year-old child clone, you hear a rumbling in the distance. You put your ear to the brick of a nearby wall and are forced to leap out of the way as a giant wheel lined with doll head bear... <laughs> Lined with doll heads, barrels through the brick. The wheel stops, but still turns furiously. <laughs> the doll heads all sing the chorus of King Harvest dancing in the moonlight in different keys, speeding up and slowing down with the speed of the wheel. Inside the wheel stands a woman with a third arm protruding from her chest that consistently gives you the middle finger. She says only one thing before spitting at you. I hated the end of Two and a Half Men. What is the name of this boss? Also Bruce. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tell me these aren't Metal Gear bosses. Uh, her name is such a Samantha. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Dancing in the moonlight. Just, uh, Just changing pitches every uh, time. That's Horrible. so funny. Question three. While making your way through a blinding snowstorm in the Arctic Circle, you hear the sound of sleigh bells. Without warning, a dog sled led entirely by corgis, each one wearing aviators, begins circling you. The sled operator, covered head to toe in dripping mud, is on her <laughs> cell phone with Verizon arguing about a fee for a late payment. She keeps looking at you with an expression of, I'm so sorry about this, but continues to berate the employee on the other end of the line. Eventually, the sled comes to a stop, and the mud woman hangs up. I haven't read these in a long time. She walks over to... <laughs> She walks over to Snake, kisses him once on the lips, and in a whispered tone only he can hear, says, mush, and then blows a dog whistle at every single corgi stands on its hind legs, unzips a full body suit, and reveals that they have actually been a slightly smaller corgi in a corgi suit this entire time. They sprint at you to attack. What is the name of this boss? Uh, um... This is a nightclub that Stefan made up. Uh, it's the name of this boss. Um, I was going to say her name is Queen, but it says bitch, but it says it's pronounced Queen. <laughs> he would do that. And these are all drag queen names, right? Are these all drag? No. All right. No. Says you. I'm sorry. Her name is AT&T's. <laughs> AT&T's. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad you like it. Number four. I'm. I'm. I wrote these weeks ago. I am just as surprised as you are to find out what I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot entirely what the specifics of these were. I did. I did not know she was on uh, the cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four. You find your way into the office of Galtech CEO's office. What's Galtech? And it's just a company. <laughs> Into the headquarters, sorry, not the office. You're just some fucking company, you know what I mean? Like, there's always I'm some... I'm trying to visualize okay, what this is. so there's always just some, office like... office space, just no, tech something? There, there's always some military, military. Uh, contracting company Got it. that works closely with one of the villains. It's just like, we're getting rich and we're selling Galatech. bombs. Yeah. That's Galatech. 
Galatech. The walls are lined with paintings that appear to be famous, to appear to be by famous artists, but you can't seem to place any one of them. A high-pitched voice comes over the PA system saying, Welcome to my shame parade. I will be your <laughs> MC for the evening, and I do not take requests. A 700-pound man then falls through the ceiling. He is wearing pleated khakis, a tucked-in short sleeve button-down with a mustard stain, and a headset mic. He fumbles to his feet nervously, then looks you right in the eye as he screams, My love is sacred! Over and over and over again. The screams begin... <laughs> the screams bring the paintings to life, which now grow legs as wobbly as newborn giraffes as they stumble towards you kicking what is the name of this boss john lovitz yes thank you <laughs> thank you damn i saw this critic episode i've seen this oh that one got weird that one got weird that one got a little bit weird <laughs> number five while wandering through the desert for the 10th straight day you come across an unimaginably beautiful oasis fresh water tree coverage and succulent fruit are all finally at your disposal happily you sit and begin to rest for the first time in over a week when out of nowhere this tiny dude in a romper comes flying out of the bushes yelling i can't believe popeyes was that a spicy chicken for whatever reason his words are subtitled in vietnamese at the bottom of the screen he can see this and it upsets him very much he sees snake drinking from the fresh water stops and says very simply in a perfect jimmy stewart impression oh hello there then he takes out nine handguns and begins fighting Firing them all at once in your direction. What is the name of this boss? Wilson from uh, <laughs> Castaway. <laughs> is this not what Tom Hanks saw? No, I'm sorry. You can't tell me this isn't what Tom Hanks saw in the middle of that time when we didn't see Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, the correct answer is Bruce again. Bruce again. Bruce again. We've got three more of these. Do you want all three? I'm having fun, but I don't Do know if up. you are. Do it up. Number six, in an attempt to sneak your way past a military warehouse filled with soldiers and chemical weapons, you crawl through the ventilation system 30 feet above the ground. Scurrying along the same path is an average-sized rat. As you stop moving to let the creature pass, you... <laughs> you could have just said rat! <laughs> I think it's important that you know he's average size. As you stop moving to let the creature pass you and be on his way, he turns around and just won't shut up about being a Seventh-day Adventist. <laughs> he keeps trying to give you literature and at one point asks if you believe the Lord, quote, approves of your savory appetites. It's uncomfortable. Suddenly, the vents collapse and you fall to the floor of the warehouse. You find yourself confronted by a sultry man in a Speedo, thigh-high boots, and a surgical mask. He shouts <laughs> to everybody in earshot, I'm different than the pelican guy, and the rat was a red herring. What is this boss's name? Bruce. This is Adrian Beltran. Damn it! <laughs> Number seven, on a cargo ship in the Gulf of Mexico, you find yourself in the engine room of a colossal boat. Steam shoots from dozens of old and worn pipes, blinding you as the heat seeps into your bones. Without warning, three gymnasts descend from the ceiling on silk ropes. They claim that they are identical twins, but two are different races, and one is clearly elderly. Pressing a button located directly on their belly buttons, all three form a Voltron-like being in the shape of a ladybug in stilettos. It begins to flap its wings furiously, but can only manage to hover six inches off the ground. You take out your gun to shoot it when your codec rings. It's Campbell. He says, and I'm quoting directly here, I once saw a ladybug eat a chipmunk. Shit fucks me up real hard. <laughs> All right, back to this game of hangman with my niece, Rebecca. He breaks, he hangs up. What is this boss's name? Um, Hideo Kojima. I have no idea. Sorry, it's three gymnasts and a ladybug. Ah, three gymnasts. 
And the final one, as you sit staring at the ceiling of your tent in the mountains of Afghanistan, you could swear you see the silhouette of somebody hovering over the top of the structure. You walk outside to find a woman dressed in the actual swan dress Bjork wore that one time. You try to get her attention, but she's too busy breakdancing to a boombox cassette tape that plays Take My Breath Away. She stops mid-head spin, looks you right in the eye, and says, My name is Samantha Pendergast. What is this boss's name? Bjork. Yes! yes! <laughs> it's just Bjork. Yeah, it was Bjork. It's just Bjork. It absolutely was Bjork. Oh, Keith. This has been named this imaginary Metal Gear boss that I 100% made up, but also, like, it's totally, this is definitely going to be a Metal Gear boss Not in a future game. Butts or undead <laughs> or flying. <laughs> Or I don't know at this point. You don't know? At this point, no. There's so much that's weird about this game. It feels well, this game, yeah. I'm saying where he's trying to go now. There's Where he's trying to go now is... Well, like, now it's too late. It's hyper-sexualized. Well, yeah. Hyper-sexualized. Well, it's all hyper-sexualized. All of it. Yeah. Do you know in the second one, you could take pictures of a vagina and butts, and uh, they call you out on it. What? So, in the <laughs> second one, Metal Gear Solid 2, PlayStation 2, right, the beginning is, uh, game where you play as Snake and you're taking pictures Sons for, of the Patriots? Sons of the Patriots, and you're taking pictures at the beginning of the base because you're trying to take pictures of- uh, Oh, right. There's a bunch of, like, they have pinups in their lockers, yeah, right? Yeah, and you can take a picture. If you take a picture of, like, their boobs or something, like, the person you send it back to, you be like, Snake, this is a picture of her- <gasps> I can't say. And like, I'm like, <laughs> this is actually in the game. Like, whatever the game tests you that you can try, it yeah. was like, yeah, I, I have a yeah. plan for that, basically. Because I'm a pervert. Well, there's a part before you face Sniper Wolf when Meryl's missing. Because you go back to face Sniper Wolf and she's gone and you still have to you, you beat her. You can defeat uh, Wolf and then you can shoot rats that are on the banister where she was. And if you do that, Campbell will call you up and chastise you for taking time to kill rats rather than finding his missing niece who's probably being tortured at this moment. Like, they dare you to do things in this game and then slap you on the wrist for doing things in this game. Did you keep shooting the rats? He called me a few times. (laughs) He was pretty upset each and every time. He was, he was, yeah, he was not happy with me. How many times do you have to fight the ninja? How many times do you have to... What I was like, like the worst six. boss? The the ninja was very hard. Metal Gear itself Sorry. at the end was really super fucking hard because you had to you had to have so many chaff grenades. Yes. Uh, stun grenades, too, at the end. Yeah. Right? You had to have your missile launchers fully loaded up. There was so much. You had to find good places to hide. You had to pick your spots. It took a while for me to figure out how to hit. Because the first thing you have to do is there's this big, uh, this big radar... Uh, like dome on it yeah. that you have to take out so that Metal Gear's mouth opens so that Liquid Snake is available to actually be hit. And you can't hit it from behind, you can't hit it from the side, it's gotta be dead on. But Metal Gear itself has a has a scope, of, a range of vision that's so massive that it just feels impossible to be out of the way. Yeah. So there was so much like, throw the shaft grenade so the radar can't pick you up, then hit the thing, then run, find a new location. You have to do that over and over and over and over again. It took me so long to beat that. Uh, that was a hard one. Vulcan Ravens were never... Vulcan was always easy. It was pretty me. easy. It, it was, was just very like, fun, though. It was always just chuck grenades. Like These are the basic Chuck boss. grenades for, for Raven, but also for the second one, lay down a ton of Claymore mines. Yeah. And he would just walk into them. He was just this big, he's a big dude. cliche of yeah. a military soldier you'll ever yeah. find. He's just stepping on mines and being like, "No, no, I'm German or Russian. You get it? You, I'm the bad guy. Yeah, you get it? I'm, <laughs> I'm bald. Eastern European, and I love being shirtless. <laughs> Ivan Drago with a minigun on his hands. That Absolutely. was it. What about you? What was the what was the hardest? Psychomantis. 
Yeah. Because I was just like, is this game fucking with me? And it was. That, like, and it was. That's yeah. the thing. Is like, it was. The Absolutely. game was fucking with you. It was just kind of like, I was sitting there just like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. What do I got to do? Like, because there, you can beat it without it. There is a way. Yeah. Um, I forget how, but there is a way that you can beat it. Um, but yeah, he knows all the moves that you're going to do before you do them yep. and all that sort of thing. Because even Zelda Ocarina of Time, when you fight Shadow Link, it's like my least favorite yeah. thing to do in the world. Anytime I have to fight my character and they do everything I do at the same exact time, except it's a little bit off, I'm always just like, I yeah, hate this. It's, it's very stressful. Um, but the game, just in general, I played that demo a thousand times just because yeah. I wanted to play Metal Gear Solid so, good. so badly. Uh, one of the... Because at some point, Psychomantis throws a bunch of paintings at you. Yeah, he's just constantly taking statues and paintings yeah. and things around the room and chucking them at you. One of them is uh, Hideo Kojima. One of the paintings. Oh, yeah, I thought it was like Hideo literally Hideo Kojima. I'm like, I think I would have remembered <laughs> that. No, we had to wait until Phantom Pain to get that. Did you, um, when you think back on this and the sound design, yeah. does the music stick out to you? I can't hear the music. It's... I can hear the knocking. I can hear the music at the beginning. I can't hear the music after. It's always just very like scary and eerie and what stuff about, like that. What about the boss music? I can't dun, think of dun, it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, yeah, now it's kind of, yeah. yeah. That music sticks out to me. There's a lot of ambience in this. The sound design is very haunting and kind of, it's it's a creepy game well, in a lot of turns. It's a stealth game, and you're also just around a base where everybody's like looking for you. So I was never like listening for the music. I was always constantly like listening right. for footsteps and listening for like, where am I going? Where should I go? The music is always there. Yeah. And when you get to Psychomantis, the music changes, and it gets a little bit creepier too. Like there are a lot of points where they very subtly used a lot of the atmosphere and took things away where things got quiet all of a sudden. There's there's a thing in the game that does that kind of always threw me off, which is every time you get called, there's like that sound, the right? The sound. sound. There's like an echo to it. Yeah, there's reverb on it. So I'm like, does that mean everyone can hear me? <laughs> like, did I just get a text and everyone heard me just get a text, yeah. basically? That's how it is. Basically. But also just kind of hilarious that you have to like answer. Mm-hmm. And to get you, down on one knee. And you're looking at basically an iPhone mm-hmm. is what you're doing. No, you're, you literally just have it implanted in your ear. You're touching your ear. But you can see each other's faces. I, I think that's just for the, that was. the gamer yeah. perspective to know what they look yeah. like, I guess. Yeah, so they could identify with the characters more readily. Yeah. But yeah, that's... Because uh, the game just kind of turns it around of just kind of like you're a test and all yeah. these people really aren't on your side. Yeah, nobody is. You were injected with poison by Gray Fox's sister. Also... Nothing more horrifying than dying in this game, because when you die in this game, people let you know that you're dead. They scream they for scream, Oh my god. Snake! Snake! It's, it's just so like, what the funny. Fuck? It's so in the third game, in Snake Eater, yeah. if you die, game over slowly comes up on the screen. If you wait long enough, all those letters switch to write time paradox. Because you're playing as Snake's father, and the ah, first two games wouldn't exist. Got it. <laughs> so good. It's so fucking good, Keith. What? I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want? Do you want to do a different game? Do you brought two? Are you just bringing two from now on? Are we supposed to do two? Maybe brought three. Brought three games. I'm not sure which one I want to do. Okay. <laughs> we can either play make this boss more Kojima, or how would Kojima sexify this thing? Which okay. <laughs> Which one gets us into less trouble? Uh, I guess the first one. Okay, it is time for Make This Boss More Kojima. We will take video game bosses from other games and imagine them in a Metal Gear setting so as to Kojima-fy them. Gotcha. Number one, M. Bison. 
from Street Fighter 2. Um, he's perfect. He's perfect. He's you think he's already Kojima? I think he's pretty. Co- I, what could you? What would you do to him? He can fly at you. Uh, he's Hitler. I he's would, Russian Hitler. I think Hideo Kojima would make him barefoot, and he would make him have a really weird foot thing where he was trying to constantly touch your face with his feet. No, I don't even think. I just like the fact it's that's already <laughs> too over the top. Because then he's he's sacrificing all the weird world power stuff for feet so? stuff. No, M Bison is like M Bison's already Hideo he's Kojima's un- boss. Touchable when it comes any other ones. Blanca's not enough. <laughs> Blanca needs more. Blanca is the one that's upset. He's really Quentin Tarantino who turned into a monster. He does that, look like that's that. That's who he is. He has the same haircut. He's just longer. So really what this game is, how do we turn characters into Quentin Tarantino characters <laughs> and their Hideo Kojima characters at the same time? There you go. All right. How about Goro from Mortal Kombat? Goro from Mortal Kombat. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think at least two of his arms have to be mechanical. Well, I was thinking that I was thinking that for like one of his hands, he has like a, a medical glove on. Yeah, he's just like just this one hand. I don't like germs. Just this, constant, one, this one hand. Just this one oh, hand. All the all the, all all the, the other arms, ones are fine. Every arm has a different personality. <laughs> like it belongs to a different absolutely. Human being. And then one is just angry and wants to kill you. Yeah, and, one is always punching the wall. And then one's apologizing yeah. constantly. One is one happening. has a surgical glove on, and the other there's one hand that won't stop touching the angry hand and, because it is it obsessed with the angry. And hand. Goro is asleep this whole time. He's <laughs> has never no awake. Idea. He's this never. Is, he has headphones on. on and it plays this sound that like lulls him to sleep because he's an ancient beast and like let the arms take over. Goro's <laughs> asleep, but the arms will and fight you. How do you kill? How do you beat him? How do you beat him as Snake? Oh God! Can't beat. Can't be typical weapons. It's not mind control. Can't punch him in the balls. You have to convince all the arms to fight against each other. Oh, that's good. Yeah, you have to. You have to piss off the arms in the correct order so that they think a different arm did it and they all begin infighting and they fight so each you have other to get the, You have to get the hand that's punching a wall to punch one of the other exactly. hands and then go from there. Exactly. You have to build a farcical uh, uh, chain of events where the hands beat each other up. I dig it. Boom. Number three, Pyramid Head, Silent Hill. He's pretty close. He's pretty close, but he's also very silent. And every single... Hideo Kojima boss has a long speech they want to give you. Not in five. Not in five. No, well, five is a fucking line. So we're not thinking five. Because no. five is a dude's literally on fire, and he doesn't say... A lot of them say don't a word. say anything. I'm talking like Metal Gear Solid. We're going back to the original. How do we make Pyramid Head more like Sniper Wolf, Revolver Ocelot? He has a child's voice. Oh, yeah, he does. That's speaking through the metal, so it's just a, it's like a boy in a well. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my god, that's totally true. That's totally it's true. A boy in a well, uh, and you can barely hear what he says, but it's just scary. Everything he's saying is scary. Uh, Haunting. When you beat him, yeah. he takes his giant sword, and he just tacks at the ground until he's dug a 20-foot hole, and then he just lies down in it. <laughs> he could literally just like put his whole body into it. Kids could skate off of his head and do tricks and stuff like that. <laughs> That character scares the shit out of me. As well it should. That movie is horrifying. That everything is horrifying. All right. Number four. Do it. Dr. Wily, Mega Man. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Hmm. Creative mastermind. Yes. Typically, in a Kojima game, a creative mastermind is very uh, frantic and nervous. 
Ugh. kind of an Otacon type. I can't. Sorry, I think he's just oversexualized. Yeah, something. So I think he has like. Oh, this is disgusting. Every single one of the robots he makes are for sexual purposes. Yeah, that's admit it. it. <laughs> it's like literally it. It's just he just fucks all of these. <laughs> and Mega Man knows not to turn into anything when he goes around and hangs yeah, out. Yeah, that's true. He's like, Don't, I have all these powers, I but I will, I, mm, 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 I will not prove it to you. I will not prove it to you. Disgusting. I completely agree with that. All right, next one from Bioshock. Yeah, Big Daddy. Keep the name. Yeah, never change the never name. Never change the name. Um. Oh God, the do- the girls have to be there. Yep, they have to be there. Absolutely. But it's just them gossiping about you. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy. It's just her going and Big Daddy going <laughs> like the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely it. That's definitely it. I I like to imagine that one of the things he does is he he pins you against the wall with his other hand, his drill hand. He's yeah. about to he's about to murder you. Yeah. And the drill falls to the ground. It's a little doll hand, and he slaps you around the face <laughs> a bunch of times. And then he picks up the drill, puts it back on, and he scurries away. <laughs> and then you die, and it's like snake. Snake! And when that dies down, <laughs> this has been make this boss more Kojima like. Now, Jesse, what do you have to say about Metal Gear? Because Metal Gear, it's not coming back. No. Right. No, I think it's, so, it's so jumped. What do we have to say about Hideo Kojima? What do we have to say? Because this is a starting point. This is a man that, let's say, I'm. I'm very worried about jumping into bed with the creators in general yeah. now. <laughs> like, yeah. All of my favorite uh, artists and comedians either end up dead or end up being terrible people. Right. Um, so there's a dude that I'm like, you're an amazing game developer. Right. I love Metal Gear Solid. I love everything you make. I think Death Stranding is going to be phenomenal. I wish um, you would stop over-sexualizing everybody. Yeah. I, that's... Uh, uh, that's Quiet didn't need to be like in doggy style pushing her butt in my face no. on the helicopter every you, two seconds. Do you get that what he did there was it wasn't just that he oversexualized a character, he oversexualized a burn victim? Yeah. That's the whole point of that character. Well, she's is, just like she can't wear clothes. She can't wear clothes because she was so injured that her skin needs to breathe more, so she just wears nothing. But if that's also being being like, well, she's just stretching, there's literally a scene where she's taking a shower. Yeah. And you can have, like, sex with her and all this sort of stuff. Like, it's not okay. It's, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's, uh... But, I mean, that's a phantom pain discussion. <laughs> that's a phantom pain discussion. As far as Metal Gear goes, it pushed so many boundaries, and it, it did so many things that I never knew video games, like, there are, the fact that they that they will go meta, that they will talk to you, yes. the gamer, yes. not the character, yes. is, is mind-blowing. It's always going to be good. It's always impressive to me. So Earthbound's good. Yeah. But this was like a whole new level. Like, they were telling you, this is a video game. And it's very serious. Earthbound is like, this is a video game and it's silly. This game is like, no, no, take this shit for real. Yeah. Incredible, incredible piece of work. Great world building. Just to make the very idea of hide in a box. Because if you had nothing else, you would. Right? I mean, it's preposterous, but yes. But like, they'll they'll come up to you and they'll turn it over and then you'll pop up and surprise them like, yeah, if that's the only advantage, advantage that I have... I'm definitely going to use that. Or you always have cigarettes, and if you're smoking a cigarette, you lose health Yeah, as you're smoking your cigarette. Or they'll smell it, or you'll cough, or whatever. Yeah. You can catch a cold if you stay outside too long, and then if you sneeze, the guards will hear you. Like, 
This game is so crazily thought out, and so many twists and turns. This was in the '90s. This is, yeah, shit, it was. This is in the '90s. This is 20 years ago, and it's still one of the best. I mean, the last, and I. This is one of those things. I was a kid, maybe I was just naive. Uh, your your old like scoutmaster is yeah. one of the guys you can call to help you the entire time. And when I heard his voice, I was like, oh, that's the same guy that does Liquid Snake's voice. And it never occurred to me that it's going to be Liquid Snake toying with you the entire time, uh, getting you to do his bidding. Yeah, There's so much. Everything about this game is intense. It feels like a masterpiece. It feels like this magnum opus the entire fucking time. The wolves. The wolves are incredible. The way they treat you if you have Sniper Wolf's handkerchief on you, yeah. or they won't attack you, like... There is so much going on in this game. So many cool set pieces. It's impossible to dive into every single one. There's so much that's strange. There's so much that's intensely cool. I'd, it's different. It's I'd its own thing. rather play this than most of the games out there right now. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. So somebody go buy me a PlayStation 1 and a Metal Gear Solid game and bring me back to my youth and let's have fun. Good God. Okay. Jesse. Keith. We have our own created Final Five. We're, yep, a new We're doing Final it again. Five. New Final Five, every, new single Final five every single time. Do we want to go one for one? Do you want to go one for one? Uh, I want to go one for one. Let's do uh, it. You know what? Let's All of it. these are completely original. Are they? None of them are stolen from Inside the Actor Studio starring James Lipton. Oh, interesting. But just in case. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself, Yo, James, James Lipton. Go fuck yourself. That's your name and you suck. Uh, <laughs> question one. Let's hear it. What is your wrestling alter ego? Oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's fucking funny. What do you want everybody to be running out of the ring because you're running down the <laughs> ramp? Picasso. I want to be Picasso. I want to be Picasso. What is that? Tell me your finisher. <laughs> Tell me like just, your song. I just dress like a middle-aged Frenchman, and, <laughs> and once once I beat you, I just paint a beautiful landscape <laughs> all over your body, and then I celebrate by selling you to the highest bidder. Oh. <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> it's a very impressive one. My finishing move is I strangle you, and I call it my blue face. <laughs> I mean, I would love to watch wrestling, and he's like, he's doing his finisher, and he's just really strangling the guy. <laughs> really strangling him. Uncomfortable. A minute and 30 seconds of just, like, the guy's trying to really finish the job. Oh, God. And then somebody runs down from the ramp. Oh, uh, my God. Very good answer. Question one to you, Keith. Okay. If you could have any video game character as a family member, who would it be and why? <sighs> okay. Um... Family member. <laughs> so this either means I want you to be able to get me out of a bind, or I'm so happy when I see you because we're going to do fun shit. Yeah. So what do I want it to be? Do I want to be saved, or do I want to be saved? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Keith dropping some truth. At uh, what time period? At the beginning mm -hmm. of a game? After a game? Just their powers? It's just whatever you want it to mean, Keith. Ah, uh, Okay. I, for a family member. Yeah, but then I don't want them to be better than me. Ooh. Because I have to see you. Everybody's like, oh, Ted's a robot. He gets to turn into other robots. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you're an accountant. I don't know. Um, no, because he can't help me with that. <laughs> 
We don't know what's going on in your head. I was going to say, I was, yeah, see, this is why I was like, I don't want to be like that to be my brother. I was going to say, I was going to say The Witcher. Ah. I was going to say that, but I was like, I don't want him to be like, hey, guess what, who I had sex with and I can live forever. And yeah. I'm like, no, I don't awful. want you to be my fucking Sounds fan. awful. Sounds terrible. Um, uh, oh my gosh. Epona. Epona. <laughs> you're related to it. So you're a horse now. You're part horse. Are you kidding me? Uh, Zelda. I'm related Princess to Zelda. Princess Zelda. That means I'm rich. That's true. That's rich. You're I'm royalty. rich. Maybe I know how to fight like she does. Yeah. I'm low key. They ever bring me up. I don't have to be nice. brought up to anything. All right. I'm Pretty down good. with that. Pretty good. I'm down with that. Number two. Let's hear it, Keith. Who have you stolen from? <laughs> That's like how all of my questions are just straight up like, let's ask Jesse questioned questions. Stolen from. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Fuck. Wow. Um. (laughs) Nobody have dated. (laughs) That's the first thing I went through my head. I was like, is this none of my family? I'm trying to think like things that I've stolen or like. Oh God! Every company, <laughs> every every company, every company I've ever worked for, I have something that I shouldn't have. What's the biggest one? Because I know you and your Reese stories, your old job in New York. But oh like, yeah. Do you yeah, have yeah, like yeah. what? Do you have do like you, a? There's a this is this is a fun thing that I like to talk about. Uh, when I worked a, in New York, I worked for a commercial real estate firm, and I hated that job. And there's a lot of turnover. And this one day, this this dude left without clearing out his desk. He was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gone," which was the dream. And he um, and he didn't clean out his desk. And so there's a bunch of shit. And my boss was like cleaning it out. He's so mad. He's like, oh, "Does anybody want this crap?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll take it." And I took all of it, and I put it in my drawer, just like this huge drawer of crap. And then when I left, I didn't touch any of it. I left it for him to find again. <laughs> Just, just whoever's left, like, fuck your desk. This should be a hint that this place is awful. I, I have a portable hard drive. <laughs> and I won't say who it's from, but I have a hard drive that I didn't buy. There you go. <laughs> Do they know you stole from them? I'm sure so. there's probably one dude listening right now who's like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> and hey, buddy, if you're listening, how you been? <laughs> I hope you're doing well. Keith, number two, yeah. if you could go back and redo a single year of your life, which one would it be? Oh, Jesus. Mm. Uh, a single year of my life. <laughs> that one got Aristotle thinking. You have to go back then. Mm-hmm. Just for the year. Then you That's can flash it. forward. Then you can. Then you have to flash forward. Unless you want to stay in that and just live by the entire why time. Wouldn't you, why wouldn't you want to? Depends on how bad the remaining years are. But why wouldn't you want to go back and live in the moment with the people that you know you're not going to spend that much more time with? That's a great answer. What year would that be? I don't know, like uh, eight. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I guess that's like that's when the last time I knew my grandparents. Boom. The person I was named after Keith King Bay uh, was the last time I saw him. That was the last time I like knew my family. Family, but like when you're eight, there's nothing you can do. So that's why I'm thinking about like when you go back in time and what would you change and I mean obviously it's like would it be personal? Yeah. Why would it be personal? It's probably something bigger that I would want to be trying to change. Right. Um 
Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I guess eight. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I like that answer. Uh, next question for Jesse. Uh, this was hilarious because I had a bunch of them planned out if it was somebody specific. Because mm-hmm. I was like, uh, do they know you stole from them? <laughs> and then the next one is, uh, can we call them? <laughs> And then the one after was, uh, I think we should keep calling. <laughs> uh, next question. Who would win in a fight? Your dad. Aristotle. Oh. Or the worst fighter at your gym? Aristotle. Aristotle, do you ever fight any? He's shaking his head. Aristotle, do you not think you could beat up a 90-pound woman in her 50s? <laughs> Aristotle. He's shaking his head. Aristotle, she's a 90 pa- <laughs> Do you know what 90 pounds in your 50s looks like? Do you know Aristotle? <laughs> Quit shaking your head, Aristotle. The mic's on. Aristotle, you could beat up this person. But she goes to your gym <laughs> already. That's a leg up. If you tripped, also, if you tripped on her out and about, you would damage her what's severely. Your, what's like your workout? What do you do to work? It's just, you just do yoga? Uh, not as much as I used to, but I do work out at least once a week. What's that mean? It's a. I use the Nike app, dude. Do you think? Thing. Do you think that this person I'm talking about works out more than once a week? Do you think she works out more than once a month? I assumed once a week. Aristotle. Aristotle. Can you just tell us that you'd love to beat up a 50 year old, <laughs> 90 pound woman? <laughs> you heard it here first. He's shaking his head. Yes, Aristotle. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Yes, is my favorite. <laughs> all right, number three. If we all had to dress like the people from one video game world, which would you choose? Oh, uh, it hasn't come out yet, but I guess uh, Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah? Yeah, the 80s with the future, I yeah, guess. Yeah, man. Isn't that what everyone wants to dress like it all is. the time? The 80s were like the decade for being like, the future's going to be crazy. And after that, we're like, no, it's not. <laughs> I feel like all of our haircuts are the future. Yeah. All the dudes' haircuts, and even like the new female haircuts, like, Half of your head's shaved yes. or whatever the fuck. And then, like, we are so close to wanting, like, like leather jackets. Everything's yeah. black and yep. stuff like that. And everything's that. lit up somehow. Yeah, everything's Christmas lights. I like that. Good answer. Uh, next question. Yeah. Which one of these games should be wiped up from history? Mm-hmm. JFK Reloaded. <laughs> People need me to explain what that game is. You literally play the assassin from JFK. Or Laser Suit Larry. So a game where you treat women like objects. Get rid of Laser Suit Larry. Damn. Listen, it's not going to stop JFK from being assassinated. <laughs> but maybe maybe it'll stop one dude from being a douche to a woman one time if we get rid of Laser Suit Larry. Uh, apparently, my brother told me a story about that, which is um, when, because I, I don't think, I think I was born yet, or maybe I was like really little. Because um, I remember some PC games. My dad used to have some PC games. I used to play them like yeah. all time. Sorry, I got into Chucky e. Ager and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Jake told me he's like he's like yeah, uh, Dad had a. This is a great impression. My brother is actually exactly <laughs> how he sounds. He's like yeah, Dad had um this, uh, this video game where you were like a pimp or something. Oh and I was my like, God. Leisure Suit Larry. He's like yeah, that was the game That's or whatever. So gross. And he's like, I don't even think he's like Dad was like playing and he just kind of like had it or whatever. Yeah. And then he said like, uh, Mom saw it and he was like, Get rid of this yeah. shit, basically. There you go. So it was just hilarious. And I'm like, Oh, I might have had a run with that game. All Sorry. right, number four. What was the first video game moment to make you cry? When my parents took away my N64. <laughs> um, 
Like in a video game, like something really sad happened. I don't think I've ever cried in a video game. Really? Ever. Interesting. I don't think anything ever sad enough has affected me. Aries dying was sad. Right. But it didn't make me cry. Mm -hmm. No, nothing. Yeah? Maybe there's probably something, like if somebody lost their child or if there's a game or somebody lost something, then I probably was sad. I was probably a lot more sad at the story of the woman in Final Fantasy VII who finds Ares. Yeah. Of being told, like, hey, your husband's no longer here. He went away, and her finding out that her husband died. I'm like, that shit was really sad and really hard. Like, that was a very emotional moment. Um, but nothing in particular. Because, guys, I cry all the time. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty great at crying. Uh, I can create a lot of water. It's very salty. Um, <laughs> sad. Um, Seems like you wanted to brag. No. <laughs> I'm so humble. Uh, the most humble person you'll ever meet. Um, but, yeah, I don't think I've ever cried at a game. Okay. Fair enough. Next question. What nickname would you give yourself? Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I like how all my questions are just so personal. <laughs> yeah. I was just asking you when you when you cried and you were like, nah, I got you. At a video game. Like, if you, you asked me to cry in general, I'd be like, yeah, I can <laughs> name a billion things. What would my nickname be? This is the problem. Telling somebody what you think your nickname would be is one of the most revealing things in the world that you could ever do. Because, like, how do I view myself yeah. on a daily basis? What do I like about myself? Right. I, Come on, be modest. And by me modest, I mean just go for it, bro. Just go for it. Just the go for it. The first thing that came to mind was Boston Terrier. Boston Terrier. Yeah. BT? Yeah, BT. Uh, you know, if Pitbull didn't exist as an artist, I might say Pitbull would be my nickname. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready to party! Um... Yeah, I don't know. I I think about this sometimes because like in boxing you get nicknames. Yeah, and like I give people that uh, that I fight with <laughs> nicknames in my head. You know, we talked about Mauricio came on. He's mucho macho. I call him that all the time in the ring. I assume every boxer should just be called stupid. What are you doing, <laughs> stupid? You gonna keep getting hit in the face? Constant brain damage. <laughs> I I I feel like the name that. Uh, so I get I get given nicknames sometimes by people who work at my gym. Yeah. And the one guy who worked there for like the first month I was there, and that's it. Called, what was his name? Uh, Nico. Nico. Used to call me The Outlaw. The Outlaw. Which is a name that I fucking loved. Yeah. Uh, I don't live up to it in yeah, any Jesse, way. Jesse uh, follows the rules very yeah, much. Like, <laughs> in fact, I think uh, I think my if I ever got a boxing nickname, it would be The Professor. <laughs> The I, bureaucrat. Uh, yeah, the bureaucrat. <laughs> It'd be red tape. Oh, he'll tie you up, bro. He'll tie you up. You won't get anything done with him. It's like, who are you going to fight next? You know whoever's willing to go through the right procedure. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I really thought I had him there, but I came with the incorrect forms filled out and had to wait to the back of the line. He really just took it to me. All right. Final question. I have one for you after this. Yeah. Oh, okay. If two sides came with every single meal for the rest of your life, no matter what you ordered, what would you want them to be? Didn't we talk about this? We had this conversation. We just had this conversation. As we asked, what's my we last meal? No, but this is two sides that come with every single meal for the rest for of the your life. For the rest of my life. Chips and salsa. That's one side as far as I'm concerned. I could eat chips and salsa forever. Now, it's a terrible choice yeah. for something <laughs> that I could have for the rest of my life. But- if I had like cream spinach, I'd mm-hmm. be huge. Like I'm trying to yeah. think about the choices. You don't have to eat it every time, but it's what has to come with, with every, every single, single meal. meal. 
If you got a steak, chips and salsa and cream spinach. If oh you got, god, it's so much. Yeah, that was my last meal. No, it was it was <laughs> mint chocolate chip ice cream, steak and chips and salsa. That's terrible. Keith all be, combined, his his last meal would be those, those three things. things. Um, so chips and salsa is the other one. Okay, and then sides. What's considered a side? Like it has to be like a French fries. A like French is it bullshit is, sides or is it tapas? Fries. I, it de- I mean, you can't order like... Because I've ordered Mexican food with a taco on the side. Fine, have a taco on the side with but everything. But are we saying tacos are rules? Aristotle. Aristotle. He's shaking his He's head. He's shaking his head, yes. yes. He's shaking his head. <laughs> what, what's a taco? What, what, what's top? What do you think? I think it's whatever you want. <laughs> he turned on his microphone. He turned on his microphone, and now he's turning he, it down. He turned on his microphone uh, to, to tell you I won't answer and this so question. And so soothing. And so soothing. Um... Chips and salsa, and then I would do uh, rest of time. Not time, just your life. Fried vanilla ice cream. <laughs> Fried vanilla. Man. Man, he went for I'm it. I'm saying that because here are the ch- here's why I'm saying these things. Because I'm not a gluttonous person. I didn't say them because I'm stupid, guys. It would, it would, I had choices. He's. It, it would be so much more convincing if you weren't holding a chicken leg while you yelled. And <laughs> I talk like this all the time now. Um... <laughs> No, I'm choosing chips and salsa, yep. and I'm choosing uh, fried vanilla ice cream. Because I had fried vanilla ice cream, I think I've had twice in my life. It's amazing. Every single time I've had it, I've been like, what if, why am I not eating this all the time? I once had fried cheesecake ice cream. I've never been the same what? since. I've it's never, amazing. Yeah, and I've never been happy as a result, because every moment that I don't have it in my mouth is a moment wasted on this earth. So I'm choosing chips and salsa, and I'm choosing fried vanilla ice cream, because whatever I get, it doesn't matter. I have an appetizer for chips and salsa, and, and then I have a dessert Boom, after. Baby. You think I just said them for no fucking reason? No. Because I talk like this now. I uh, love that you're angry at viewers for having said nothing to you. <laughs> Like all this hate it's mail all I was my, getting. It's all my how my mind works, right? You all hate me. <laughs> uh, just kidding. And then final question. Okay. If you could go back in time and mm-hmm. give yourself some advice, what would it be? This is almost like your question. Oh fuck. Um, did I have six? I think you did. All right, it's fine. All right. Uh, my advice. What year? Fine. Let's add yours into it. Oh, what year? Because you could at six be like. You don't like yellow jello bean jelly beans. It's only it just kinda goes at, and goes and at goes. At twenty. At twenty. At twenty. Thirteen years ago, I would tell myself, uh, it's okay to stop liking things. Mm. This has been the end of New Player Has Joined. <laughs> Damn. Damn. This is this final five or six? Is this been is this is that when you lost religion? No, I lost religion when I was 13, but there have been a lot of things. You and I were talking about this. There have been a lot of things in my life that I've held on to long after I've stopped wanting them. Mm -hmm. And it's been all over my life because I have a hard time uh, saying I'm done with things, admitting defeat with things, saying it's healthier for me not to be in this place. Like, listen, we were at UCB for a long time, longer than we should have been because they started treating us like garbage. Yes. For you know the last year and a half, they treat everyone there. like garbage. Yeah, place. that's what they do. But that's kind of like that was what our experience was. And yeah. I I wish I had been mature enough to be like I don't need this, right. and I should just admit that it was okay to have been in love with this place for a little bit, and now it's okay to be done with this place. Yeah. So that's stuff great. like that. It's great. Yeah. So, so you really, so you really lost your religion. 
a few times. The real, not the, not the. Everybody thinks REM's losing my religion is actually about religion. Yeah. it's actually about a relationship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you really lost your I've religion. Lost, I've lost uh, a bunch of religions in my life, and it's okay to lose your religion. Yes, it's okay to just be like, now on to the next thing. Life's full of failures. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. Failures, learning experiences. Yeah. Yeah, your relationship with failure, very important. Yes. We're, we're afraid of it in, uh, in our culture. You don't have to be. You can just be like, yeah, I failed. And that's not a problem. That's what should happen. Move on. Yes. This has been Final Five or Six or Seven or Eight. <laughs> <laughs> Keith, do we want to wrap up with any final thoughts on Metal Gear Solid? Um, it's an amazing game. The mechanics are fun. Every other game sucks. <laughs> uh, really, honestly, truly, this is why I get pissed off at games. This is why some games are very boring to me. Because I'm like, 20 years ago, I played an experience. Yeah. I had a fun, amazing experience with yeah. Seven, with Metal Gear Solid. I know I was younger, but again, the game was like, I'm talking to you, the gamer. I'm talking to you, the person. Yeah. I'm not getting that with Fortnite. I'm not getting that with a lot of new games that come out, where it's no. just kind of like, how can we get a dance out here? What's hot? What can we find on Instagram? What's going to be trending? I'm like, I just want you to make a great product. Yeah. That's why I get so excited for the games that I get excited yeah, for. Absolutely. Um, Metal Gear, so great. Um, check it out. If you haven't, go watch a video on it. I hope it gets remade with updated graphics. Just ported. Just, just ported it. something to make it look decent and playable, and I hope it comes out. Uh, PlayStation 5, I guarantee it'll come out. Airstyle's bringing up that it's on the PlayStation 1 Classic. I haven't gotten that. I've heard that I've the heard frame rate, bit, yeah. it's kind of messed up, and the gameplay in general, the games are just kind of weird. Uh, so I'm just going to wait it out. Waiting it out. What about you, Jesse? Final thoughts on this game? Yes. Uh, there's nothing like it. Right. There's no game I've ever played that comes close to it because it's not trying to be anything else. It's trying to be what Hideo Kojima wanted it to be. It's the same thing I get when I play Fez. I'm like, a person had a vision. It's how I feel when I watch uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yes. People making what they want to make because they want to make it. Notes can go right to hell. Any game that I have no idea that like this was going to happen where I'm walking into, I am always like so on board. Yeah. I didn't know there were going to be wolves. Yeah. I didn't know this was going to happen. Psycho Mantis. I didn't know any of this was going to go down. It's like there's there's a boss in this game that you meet without knowing he's a boss. Decoy Octopus. It's pretty great. It's the DARPA chief. What the fuck? <laughs> so go check out Metal Gear Solid. Go see why Hideo Kojima's a crazy mad genius and figure out all of his insanities. And there are many. There's a lot. All right. Shall we get out of here? Let's do it. All right. Keith. Jesse. Aristotle. Aristotle. Metal Gear Solid. This new player is joining. Goodbye. Goodbye. No, you could die from an uncreative name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really stick it to that dead 14-year-old boy. 13. Uh... Hey, guys, before we close it out for today, we wanted to jump back into another voice mailbag segment. Yeah, you, guys, got... you guys called us. Yeah, you uh, did. You, we, we were here. We're mm -hmm. listening. We want to hear what you have to say. So we're just going to jump into it. Keep calling in. We love the questions. Let's see what we got today. Hey, guys, this is Jake from St. Louis. Uh, just two questions real quick. Number one. Just curious what your guys' favorite couch co-op games are. Split screen games, anything like that. 
My girlfriend really likes Resident Evil. I'm more of a Borderlands guy myself. Mm. Uh, we've been playing some Wolf Among Us, which is mm. really good uh, if you're with someone because you can kind of see how quickly they resort to violence. I think that's good to know uh, when you sleep next to them. Uh, anyway, yeah, just curious what your guys' favorite couch co-op games are. And second, I know you guys are hockey fans. How do you feel about the Blues winning the Stanley Cup? Oh. Thanks, guys. Bye. Boom, boom, boom. Thank you so much, buddy. Great questions. Play fucking Gloria. That's how I feel about it. Uh, <laughs> I'm really happy the St. Louis Blues have finally won a cup. Um, you've been a team... For 10 years of just being like, hey, this, maybe this is our year. And yeah. that goes on for 10 years. So I'm happy you guys finally get it because this year was crazy as hell. So I'm, I'm happy you came out. Even as a Boston fan, I'm happy. No, you're not. No, I am. Because no, you're yes, not. I am. You guys hear this? Yeah, you, you guys hear this guy <laughs> from Boston trying to talk down to you St. Louis people? I'm you wonderful St. Louis people. You wonderful. I don't know anything about St. I'm Louis. not, listen, I am not talking down to you St. Louis people up from on you here on my. people. Up, up here at Beacon Hill looking down <laughs> on you, despising you in your one championship ways. <laughs> Do they have a football team? Yeah, they used to. The St. Louis Rams. I'm sorry, guys. You guys used to have a St. We, we, uh, the Patriots beat them in 2001, and then they beat the Rams again this season. So that's fine. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad that the that uh, the Blues won. I really like when it gets spread around, and so different people can have that experience of winning a championship. Because I've been spoiled for the last 20 years. I have. I really I like it. when it's been spread around. That's. <laughs> <laughs> I like when teams that haven't won in a long time. I loved when That's the Cubs like won. Such a something a wealthy person yes. says. Everybody gets theirs. I'm happy. Yeah, it <laughs> is. I've been spoiled. I'm uh, sorry, but I know it's. Oh, uh, that's funny. As for co-op games, couch co-op. Oh man, what games did I love? I mean, I played a lot of Tom Clancy games with my brother when we were like Navy SEALs and yeah. stuff like that. Um, I still love Mario Party. Mario Party's good. I Portal. Love, oh, Portal. Portal's super great. Fun. Portal Two. Pick up. Play Portal Two together. That game's like one of the funnest games to play in the world. That's a good one. Um, as for uh, other co-op games, games to play together. What did we have a lot of fun playing with? Didn't we play? Um, we played uh, Castle Crashers. That was Castle super Crashers. Fun. I, oh, um, uh, uh, the uh, Spanish res- the wrestling one. Guacamole. Guacamole is really great. Guacamole is so really fun. fun. Play that. Oh, I love that game. Yeah, there's a there's a ton of good, a lot of indie, indie games, games. and I, I really enjoy playing puzzle games with people because it's not it, it doesn't always matter who's got the controller; it's about whose brain is working. So a game like Gorogoa or a game like Fez is often uh, very very satisfying. Same thing with uh, with Edith Finch. So tons of great stuff to play couch co-op. Awesome question. Congrats on the Blues winning the cup. Yeah, man. Hey, new player, long time listener. <laughs> Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on something. So recently, two very good friends of mine, uh, they surprised me by inviting me on their podcast. And it was awesome. We all had a great time. But I told a very embarrassing story. Should I be embarrassed? Sorry to bother. You know, never, never mind. Goodbye. <laughs> as soon as I heard the voice, uh, I was like, I think this is Aristotle. I'm, we're not certain for sure. Aristotle, could you answer this uh, fan's question could for answer, us? Could you Aristotle, answer, could, could you answer, answer this, this question? question? I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> this sounds like this person shit into their pants. And not, not in <laughs> their pants. Into their, their pants. pants. 
Does that sound like something this, this sound, person did or something? What would you give advice to that person? I don't know. They didn't say anything about anything. No, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got the vibe sense. off of them. You know, they you had can a feel real, it. They had a real shit into pants you, vibe. You can, ha- you can hear it on the phone. There's like an aura about it, right? Man, just one more, just another. A shitty aura. <laughs> just, just another <laughs> call-in question about shitting pants. <laughs> Doesn't stop. No, he, this, hey, hey listener. No, you shouldn't be embarrassed because that story was the funniest fucking thing I've heard in a long time, and also, I loved it. Also, you sound like you'd be great podcast producer. And yeah. Everything. So I also want to point out that I was very thrown off by the message. Uh, I Were was you? prepared to do a different voice and a longer version, <laughs> but I was still laughing as it started. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is the voice message too much, the one that I no, left? No, it's perfect. Okay, cool. Uh, hello, this is Finn from Minnesota. Now, recently I've been playing the Jack and Daxter trilogy all over again. I 100% completed the first game and went to nice. jump into the second one, a game which I haven't played in easily over six years. And I thought this would be a breeze, just like the first game was, and I proceeded to never beat it. <laughs> and to this day, I still haven't beaten it. It's been... A few weeks now, I actually know more like a fucking month, but <laughs> I still haven't beaten Jack 2, and it is drastically harder than the sequel, so I wanted to ask you guys, what is your opinion on, or not really your opinion on, but what games would you say have sequels that are drastically different than the first? Mm. So I'd say my answer would be the Jack and Daxter series, and my secret against Jesse is that he is actually an Atari Jaguar in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> He called you out hard. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. Dude, ben, from, he fucking knows my deal. He knows your deal. <laughs> it's been a fucking I love month. That. Uh, I love that. Okay, games that uh, the sequel is more, di- or drastically different is what he said, right? Drastically different. I uh, X2. Oh, okay. XCOM? No, uh, oh, Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy X2 is oh, drastically yes. different than yes, the first one. Yes, it is. One. So, uh, uh, go ahead. I, I, uh, Sons of the Patriots, Metal Gear that you don't even play as Snake, you play as Raiden the whole time, was like, I, I felt so so baited and switched. Uh, I beat it, but I was like, I just don't have the same... It's it's the one game in the Metal Gear series that I've never gone back and, and re-explored. I don't know if there's anything... Um, fighting games, I never really feel that way about them. I was like, they seem to hold true. Company of Heroes 2 wasn't good. No? No. It was um, a lot of, like the build-ups to the sequels. Because I've heard that about Jax. It's like it's not the same. It like feels different. There's yeah. something off about it. The other games that I played, I was talking about this today, Hotline Miami 2. Yeah. Um, Hotline Miami 2 is just, it, it's just not a good game. And Hotline Miami 1 is like one of my favorite indie games I've ever played in my yeah. whole life. And 2 it just feels cheap. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of games out there that I feel like I'm like, oh yeah, they just needed to make a second one. And if they don't, if you're not inspired to make a second one, and you're just doing it for money, then obviously the quality's just going to go down. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the ones we already touched on are the biggest. Uh, those are the ones that come to mind for me. I mean, most sequels because you're a phenomenal game if you can keep coming out with them. And yeah, they're just really good games. The problem I usually have with sequels is that they're too similar to the first one. Like, yeah. The reason the most recent God of War was so impressive is because it was finally uh, a detour from what God of War had been doing for the first four or whatever, however many games. Yeah. And it felt like a new genre, kind of. And I think that's typically what I'm used to games doing, is having to reinvent themselves over being cookie cutter over the span of like a decade or so. What is, is that game a love it, hate it for you? And is it the hate it just straight up it wasn't longer? 
And didn't close up the... the I didn't need the newest God of War to be longer. I needed the newest God of War to be a cohesive story with an end. So there was no a, end. It was, there was part no one is what it was. Yeah, and I don't mind I loved doing it. that. Yeah, it was an amazing game. Yeah. I just dislike that they build up to this huge fight. This is going felt to happen. Lied this to. Is, yeah, I felt very lied to it by the game. It was like, where's Zeus? Where's... Yeah. And it was they they just kept doing that with with a lot Where's of the characters. Thor, it was yeah. Thor wasn't there. It was the whole idea of we will Zeus, come to sorry, a conclusion, Thor, yeah. and they just didn't. So that that irked me quite a bit. Yeah, what the hell, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> this is Atari Jaguar is, signing is, out. This is to you, Ben. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Thank you for calling, man. Thanks, man. Hey guys, this is Gabe from Georgia. I just want to give you a call and say thank you for everything that you do, and. I want to take this opportunity to ask uh, Aristotle out on a date. That's right. You, buddy. You. Now, I want to take your silence as a yes, so just give me a message when you're ready to go out, buddy. All right? All right. And then the second is I have a secret. So when I was a freshman in high school, I was in the junior reserve officer training corps for the Ooh. Navy. And we were all sitting in class. Now, keep in mind, my NSI was a master sergeant in the Marine Corps. And so I'm sitting back there, a young, anxiety-ridden little kid, and I accidentally let this nastiest fart out in this class. And everyone around me starts gagging and almost throwing up, including the master sergeant. And one of my friends turns over and looks at me. He's like, damn, why'd you do that? And then immediately, everyone in the class started blaming him. (laughs) Just not like blaming him, but roasting him and like getting up and walking out of the class because it was so nasty. And then the master sergeant starts like drilling him because of it. And I didn't tell anyone (laughs) until today. So I hope that's uh, worthy enough of a secret. And uh, thank you guys for everything you do. Aristotle, hit me up. Bye. <laughs> My man. Is that is that Gabe from Georgia? It's Gabe from Georgia. Gabe, thank you so much, buddy. That's a terrific secret, first and, of all. And yes, of course Aristotle will go out with you. Your farts are amazing, yeah. apparently. Why why wouldn't why wouldn't he want to go out with you? <laughs> what a weird sentence. Uh <laughs> your farts are amazing. Why wouldn't he want to go out with I loved I'll take your silence as a yes was the most on point. Oh. I also love that they're like whoever talks first is a person we're blaming. Yeah. That's how that's how most of life that's works. That's just how most of anything works. Is uh are you trying to help that man? Yes, punched in the face. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Gabe. Great question. Great question. Hey Jesse, hey Keith, this is Chris, and uh I definitely have some questions about musical theory. Uh specifically, what is the relative minor of F sharp? What are Mixolydian scales? And what does tonic mean in musical theory? Because that's the extent of what I know about musical theory, is those terms. So, uh, yeah, if Jesse could just explain that, that'd be super. Thanks. Bye. Jesse, uh, take your two months of meta, uh, musical theory and put it to the test. <laughs> the tonic refers to the root note of a scale. So if you were in C major, the root note would be C, and the root uh, the root chord would be C major. A, mixolo- a mixolydian scale is actually not a scale, it's a mode. And a mode is when you take a scale, uh, in this case a major scale, and you start from a different degree and play to that same degree. So, for example, in C major, the fifth scale degree, C, D, E, F, G... If you were to play G to G, that would be a uh, G mixolydian scale. 
that's so it's always the mixolydian is always the fifth scale degree uh it's got uh phrygian is i believe the second um this is the conversation they have with people who quit guitar yeah because this is like they think it's going to be sexy yeah and, th- and they're like it's not it's not sexy and, uh, he said the relative <laughs> major of f sh- or the relative minor of f sharp major so the the minor if you play uh, a major scale from the sixth scale degree to its uh, to the to an octave up the next sixth scale degree that in itself is a mode a minor scale <laughs> a natural minor scale is uh, the sixth mode of a major scale so f g a b c d and I believe since we are in F sharp, it would be a D sharp minor. Some guys like I want to play Wonderwall, yeah, and I am not hard anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, so thank you for the question. Question: I haven't thought about that shit in years, and I really appreciated that. Uh, thanks, Bill Yum Yum. Hey, this is Chris Sater on Twitter, Chris Sater nineteen. <laughs> I called. A- Maybe a week or two ago. He did. He about did. how I've been getting more into hockey. Yep. Because I bought NHL 19. I've been trying for a few years, but NHL 19 with their training mode really helped me understand the basics. Yes. So I'm getting more into it. And with that being said, this question is for Keith. Keith, <laughs> is for me. I watched NHL draft. And... Being that I'm from New Jersey, ooh, uh, definitely going to go for the Devils. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about this draft overall? Interesting. And what can you tell me about Jack Hughes? Because if he's going first overall, I imagine he's got to be like the best of the best, or among you know amongst that group. So uh, yeah, just let me know what you think about him. And uh, also, I would love to know what your favorite team is, Keith and Jesse, if you have one. Mm-hmm. Aristotle, too, if he watches hockey, I'm not sure. Uh, thank you for, for my, listening to my question. Have a great day, guys. Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much, buddy. Okay, love the question. so there's a G minor, and then there's CC. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so hockey. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Keith's talking about hockey. <laughs> Not wasting your time at all. Um, <laughs> no, okay, so um, the draft this year was really interesting. Hockey, uh, last year, if you guys weren't paying attention to it, was a historical time for hockey. And hilarious, uh, because literally every single person who made a bracket had to throw it out because nothing made sense. Uh, the fact that the St. Louis Blues won the cup is weird and crazy and shocking. You guys already heard me talking about it. Um, so... The draft this year, there's a player named Jack Hughes. He's an American kid. Uh, Americans for the draft have really not been the thing. I think the last real big player that went number one that was American was either Patrick Kane or Eric Johnson. Uh, Jack Hughes going to New Jersey, which is great because uh, Kako, who's the second draft pick, he ended up going to New York Rangers. So the Devils and the Rangers are going to be a great uh, rivalry going forward for the next 10 years, I would say, um, because they're really built up. So honestly, if this is your time to get into hockey, the Devils are like the best team for you to get into. They have a a very long history, historical a historical franchise with Martin Brodeur, one of the best goalies to ever play hockey. Um, you guys have a couple cups. Uh, Scott Stevens is one of the greatest defensemen to ever play hockey. Um, as for Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes um, and all the draft reports I've seen, he's not going to be the next Sidney Crosby. He's not going to be the next Alex Ovechkin. He's going to be the next Nico Heischer, who is also on the New Jersey Devils. He's going to be a very good player 
Um, but he initially isn't going to be as dynamic as somebody like, say, Alex Ovechkin or Sidney Crosby or even Patrick Kane because a lot of people are comparing him to Patrick Kane. And Patrick Kane might go down as one as the greatest American hockey player to ever play the game. Um, he was on the U.S. National Training Development Team with a lot of other Americans, and they were a phenomenal <laughs> team. So they all came up together, playing together. I think, honestly, it's the first time ever in NHL history – were like the first 10 picks, like seven of them were American, which never happens. So they were all on a great American team. Do I think Jack Hughes is going to be a great player? Yes. Do I think immediately he's going to like save the day? Probably not. But I think the New Jersey Devils are a great team to watch. And honestly, that you get into hockey. Please call me up. Send me texts. Let's talk about hockey. I love hockey. But yeah, I'm so happy you're getting into it. Thanks, man. What about you, Jesse? Your favorite team? Hartford Whalers. Moving on. <laughs> hey, guys. It's Adam in Cincinnati. Um, we all know that Everyone, except James Lipton, fuck that guy, wants to play an adult version of Kingdom Hearts. So my question is, if you guys were in charge of all the creative decisions, what franchises would you have in there instead of, you know, Disney and, and Final Fantasy and all that from books, movies, you know, whatever? Oh, oh. So, okay, so this is uh, this is Ready Player One. I guess, yeah. The game. It's okay, books and movies. So it's Kingdom shows, Hearts, whatever. but it doesn't have to be Disney and Yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy. So it can just be any franchise you want. Oh fuck, that's so Okay. This Kingdom Hearts, if it was just about depression and anxiety <laughs> and happiness, if they just called it out for what yeah. it is, then I'd be down. Like you can jump into any video game. Oh my god. Any video game. Can you game? imagine Sora, Donald, and Goofy jumping into Breaking Bad? <laughs> Just dealing in blue meth in Albuquerque. Well, I just pictured Donald killing ugly Matt Damon yeah. just for like 10 <laughs> minutes, just like screaming and punching his steering yeah. wheel while he's driving away. Oh, oh man. so funny. Uh, games that immediately come out. Yeah, like, if we could jump into a first-person shoot, like, the only company that could do something like this is Nintendo, I assume, right? If Smash Brothers was like, can we make a game that's well, like you can jump into not, different not games? Not jumping into, because he's, he's different asking worlds. about different, yeah, like different movies, different books and stuff. That's what I'm saying, is like, what would be a... I, uh, I'm a big fan of his Dark Materials, which is just getting an HBO remake of, uh, it's the Golden Compass, the Subtle Knife, and the Amber Spyglass. Yeah. And that's, that's a world that is much darker that I really enjoy. That is uh, essentially about killing God, and that's something that I would be super interested in seeing uh, in a more adult version of The Kingdom Godfather? Hearts. You just have to sit in a room <laughs> uncomfortably and let them all just fight each yeah, other? Yeah, what movies, like, drive? You're just there with Ryan Gosling, these you super sh- violent. You show up for Wolf of Wall Street, you just do as much cocaine as oh my you possibly God. can. What, what are the movies that would be fun for Sora to, like, learn about What's life I'm saying? A- adult. Yeah. Yeah, so what are the what what, what are we talking what, are, what are we learning? You need to learn something. Yeah. What are we learning? I I think the first thing that he should go into is Pan's Labyrinth, and he should <sighs> learn first and foremost that they don't all speak English. The scariest children's yeah. movie of all. And time. And then he should learn that some fairy tales are terrifying, and that's a good place to break down the wall between being a child and being an adult is to take the fairy tale and subvert it into being a much more uh, adolescent-themed story. Well, he clearly doesn't... He's a teenager now. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, are we? Are you asking when is he going to learn about sex? He knows. <laughs> we just kind of don't talk about it. Like you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. kind of a weird. He's going to go into eyes wide shut. Well, this is why. This is why I never got into Harry Potter and shit. That I'm just yeah. like I don't. They're all teenagers, but they don't fuck each other. Yeah, Hunger right? Games. The first Hunger Games. I'm like they're in a cave yeah. and they're 18 and they're going to die any oh, second and they're fuck. not fucking no. in the cave. Sora should go to the Hunger Games and he should have to kill all the kids. Horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> he should have to win the Hunger Games. So it'd be like that's what I'm saying. But what would be the through line? That has to be a through line. I think the you through can't just jump from thing to thing to thing. No, I think the through line should be that Sora has to realize what trauma feels like. And by the end, he has to come to terms with his trauma and everything he's had to experience to realize that everybody has shit that they carry in their lives and they have to learn to acknowledge it and accept it and deal with it. I just picture Sora going up to somebody and being like, you're heartless. If you just look on the bright side of life, you'll have your light come through the heart. I've lived on Skid Row for 23 years. <laughs> 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 oh, I love that. Uh, let's, let's make that game. Is that the game we should make? That's it. That's one of them. That's one of the games. <laughs> That's it, guys. We talked in the mailbag. We talked, talked to the voice, to the voice mailbag. mailbag. You listened. To the voice to the mailbag. Voice mailbag. <laughs> and that's hockey, and that's music theory. And, and that's video games. That's video games. And some sexy guy who called us up to talk about embarrassing his story was. And ask out Aristotle, whose silence... Out. It's says very it yes. clear. It's clear. It says yes. it. He has a girlfriend. Aristotle? Yeah. Yeah. He has a girlfriend. I don't know. I don't know. You going to tell her that you got asked out? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I, mean, I would say, but she doesn't live in Georgia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, You're thank you so much for calling in with your questions. Keith. Jesse. What's that number if they want to call in Have and ask any questions? Want to call us and in ask the us near any future. questions, anything specifically only about hockey and music theory? It's 424 256 5967. That phone number again 424 256 5967. Thank you so much for calling in, gang. Wow. You know, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next on week. Flippity flop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you can you tell how tired I am right now from that outro? No. I'm tired. You're tired. I'm tired. Well, let's go home. Let's go sleep. Let's do it. Thank you so much for calling. Keith. Jesse. Aristotle. This is New Player as Joy. Goodbye. Goodbye.